Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to the VIP Jazz War Report. My guest will be no stranger to you and is the very definition of the American success story. In fact, every word used to describe his accomplishments ends in the three letters E-S-T. Best, biggest, largest, highest, and so on. If America had a royal family, then he just might be the heir to the throne. His own father said that everything he touches turns to gold, and even his own hair is the color of gold. Actually, his hair is a total reflection of him because no matter how strong the winds of life blow, his hair, just like him, always stays in place. Normally, this show has only enough room for one ego, so I'm going to have to step aside and present to you the one and only Mr. Donald Trump. Welcome to the show, Donald. Wow, what an introduction that is. That's beautiful, Vip. Thank you. <laughs> well, so you're partly Scottish, right? I am. From My your mother's mother side? In Scotland. That's right. So do you know what Donald and Trump mean in Scottish? Uh, tell me. Donald in Scottish means great chief. Oh, well, that's very good. I like that. <laughs> and nice. Trump means the descendant of strength. Oh, wow. So I'm doing okay. That's good. I well, like that very much. It's, I'll have to remember that. Well, hold it right there, because I asked a psychic what the American meaning of Donald was, and she said dark stranger. So unless you've been tanning yourself at the Mar-a-Lago Club in the last few weeks, you're about as white as you come, and you're definitely no stranger. So you well, know what? That's, that's a little true. You know what I told her? Go ahead. You're fired. Okay. Very good, Vip. Very good. <laughs> you know the irony of us being here today? Go ahead. I, I used to work at an investment bank, and I used to arrange all the financing for my wealthy clients who wanted to purchase your apartments at the Trump World Tower. Oh, well, they did very well. That's been a great success as a building, and they are very happy with Donald Trump, I can tell you, and probably you too. Oh, very much so. And you know what I used to admire about you then? You used to personally sign all the leases. In fact, That's true. In That's fact, true. my clients would get more excited at your signature than the apartment itself. I always felt when somebody does something, whether it's a lease or a purchase, I always like to sign the contract. And people like that, you know, as opposed to having somebody sign it or a computer sign them. You know, nowadays, computers sign documents, which is ridiculous. And a lot of times when you see that, people go down the tubes because they're not watching their business. But I always like to sign documents like that. People like it. You're very hands-on in your business world, right? I am. I am. Now, you made your fortune in real estate. Of course, you made fortune elsewhere, but you started in real estate. Why in today's America, with interest rates being slow, that so low, rather, that the real estate market across America is really not picking up? Well, it depends on where you are. Miami, uh, we have a big, big job in Miami, uh, Doral. Mm. I bought it. It's now called Trump National Doral, and I've spent a lot of money, and I think I built the number one resort in the country right there. And it's just opening now, and it's been spectacular. And you know, certain areas like Miami, New York City, Manhattan, uh, other areas are tremendously hot. San Francisco is very hot. I own a big chunk of the Bank of America building in San Francisco, and that's through the roof. But in then middle there are America. Markets, then there are markets that aren't hot. I mean, there are markets that are extremely cold. So there's a, it depends on which market you're in. But in, in middle America, I mean, you know, even the banks, they don't seem willing to lend. Uh, money's never been so cheap. Well, they'll lend if you don't need money. If you need money, they won't lend. So if you're in a very strong financial position, mm. which fortunately I, I figure in very nicely, they, they're dying to loan money to people that have a lot of money. If you don't really, you know, if you have a problem, uh, if you're a wonderful developer, you have a wonderful business, but you're a little bit tight, the banks won't give you anything. So that's, you know, it's not supposed to be that way. And that's not good for the economy, by the you know, way. Yeah, that's where I was going with this, because the government's not really encouraging stimulation of the economy. We bailed the banks out, but now the banks are not helping us out. 
Well, the regulators are very, very tough with the banks. And I hear, you know, I have friends that are bankers, and mm. they say that regulators have never had anything like it in their lives. And they stop many, many deals from being made, including home ownership. And uh, it's too bad. But the regulators really are running the banks. Has this government been business friendly for you? Well, you know, I'm in a different position, I guess. I have, uh, for instance, on health care, Obamacare is a disaster, but I take very good care of my people well beyond Obamacare. Some people can't. Mm. They can't afford to do that. Uh, Obamacare has been a, a total disaster. Regulations are just through the roof right now. And if, if you buy fixtures like uh, bathroom fixtures and lots of other things, the regulations on these fixtures are horrendous. As an example, showers. You buy new showers, the water barely trickles out. And what does it mean people stay twice as long under the shower, I guess? Uh, you could, I could give you a hundred different things on different products that are made today that are absolutely insane what they're doing. So it's been a, a very unfriendly, uh, biz- really a very unfriendly atmosphere. Well, you've done many business ventures and you continue to do so. Have you ever thought of opening a bank? I've never really thought of opening a bank. I've never really liked that business, although it's a great business if you know what you're doing. But to a certain extent, you have to stay with businesses that you know. I mean, real estate's something I know. Yeah. I'm very much into the entertainment world, and the I own Miss Universe and Miss USA, and The Apprentice has become one of the great, you know, one of the great success stories ever on television, and it actually became the number one show for a long period of time. And uh, you know, I've had a lot of fun with it, so I, I'm in that. But I believe in staying with businesses that, you know, now I understand the banking industry, and I certainly use leverage, and I believe in leverage, but uh, banking is never something I would have wanted to get into. Are Americans losing their entrepreneurial spirit? I don't think so. I think they're discouraged by the Obama administration, and there's been a lot of discouragement around, but I think basically they're looking to get out there and win. They're looking to get out and achieve and do something great and put people to work. But I don't think they're losing their spirit. But they are certainly uh, – it's not a high point in our country. If you look at the fact that, in fact, as you probably noticed uh, a few months ago, we mm. were just superseded by China as the great economic power. Right. And uh, just uh, last week, we hit over $18 trillion in debt. So I wouldn't say that as a country we're doing very well, certainly. So what's the one thing that needs to change about doing business in the USA? Well, I think a lot of things have to change. Uh, regulation has to change, but Obamacare has to be ended. It's not going to work. It's going. It's a. It's a highly complex. I know doctors as an example of friends of mine where they say they have to hire two accountants and three accountants now where they never had any uh, because the complexity is so crazy and so difficult and the cost is so high and you know people that had good plans don't have good plans anymore they don't have their doctors anymore and they're very unhappy but it's very very expensive and the deductibles are so high so i think obamacare is going to have to i think it's going to fall of its own weight actually but i think obamacare has to end in this current economic climate um can one start a real estate business Absolutely, you can. And uh, you, you have to go maybe to those sections that aren't doing quite as well because you can buy things at the right price. And you look at something with potential and you fix it up. I mean, I used to do that. I'd fix up houses and I'd do a lot of work on making something really, really good. I did a big version of it in Palm Beach, Florida not so long ago. I bought a house in auction. Mm. A man went bankrupt and his house is incredible. And I bought it for forty million. I fixed it up and I sold it for a hundred. I remember that there was a lot of publicity on that. Yeah, it was a big huge deal. ballroom inside. 
Yeah, to this day, it's the most expensive house sold in the country. But that's Palm Beach, Florida. You know, it's a pretty great place. But I bought it out of bankruptcy, actually. It was a, it was in a bankruptcy, and there were other bidders. And I bought it for 40 and I sold it for 100 and, you know, fixed it a little bit and sold it for 100 So, But you can do that on a much smaller scale. And, so if and you had a lot of real estate people start. If you start half a million or a million dollars, what kind of property should a beginner investor go into? Well, I think for that you go into residential properties and you buy something in a neighborhood that looks like it's getting better or mm. it's doing well, and you go maybe into a market that's not so good. And again, uh, there are plenty of markets that are you know good places, but they're not doing well. And you fix it up and you you sell it for a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollar profit, and then you go into the next one. You know that's really been uh, one of the great things in real estate. You can you can start off smaller, but you fix it. And you make a profit and you go on to the next one. And a lot of people do that. So then from your point of view, uh, you talked about San Francisco, New York, Miami, uh, Palm Beach. Um, which other areas would you look at? Well, you know, I've always liked places like Texas because the taxes are low. I like states like Florida because the taxes are low. The taxes are such an important uh, generator of of really success. But if you look at Florida, the taxes are great. It, it's uh, such an advantage over other places. Now, number one, you have great weather, and number two, you have great taxes. Now, I love California. I have some great properties in California, but the taxes are very high, and the regulations are staggering, staggering, and it's getting worse all the time. And, you know, a lot of people are leaving for other places, but there are parts of California that are great. You know, they're irreplaceable. But um, there are some fantastic places that that will be doing well with time. How do you judge a good property? I mean, it just can't be taxes. You've got to look at employment, the people's level of income. That's true. I, you know, I go largely by gut. I'm not one that goes out and hires consulting firms because by the time they come back with their reports, the property's gone. So I go largely by gut and, you know, instinct. And I've been doing it for a long time. And thus far, my instinct has been intact. But then do you sort of scout around? Do you spend time in the area? I do. I do. And, you know, I, I like to say that real estate's a very local business. And I've always said that it's local. If you're building something, you want to know your contractors, you want to have experience, you want to know the mayor, you want to know the governors, you want to know the people that you're sort of dealing with. And frankly, I've always said that real estate, when I start going too far afield, I like to get partners that know those conditions and know those people, uh, especially, you know, we're building jobs all over the world, actually. And it's always good. You have to have it. You can't build too far away from your home base because there are too many bad things that can happen. Have you come to a level where now, rather than the business of doing business, you're in the business of branding because you do belts, you do suits, you do um, golf estate, you do real estate. Right. I do branding. And, and, you know, a lot of things I own and a lot of things I brand and mm. I'll oftentimes brand jobs outside where I have ownership interests. But the name Trump has become very, very strong. We have, as an example, shirts and ties and suits and cufflings and things like that sold at Macy's that are tremendous sellers. And the tie is one of the most uh, incredible sellers that uh, there is in, in that world. And the ties and shirts and it's really great. It's you know, they call it the Trump Signature Collection. That does great. And sometimes I'll do deals in uh, real estate where I'll be a partner in a deal, but they want me as a partner because the name Trump sells so well. So we do a lot of that. And, and branding is a great thing if you're able to do it, but it takes a long time to build a brand. 
Now, the Turnberry Resort in Scotland, this was your big uh, iconic deal for 2014. Would you say that? Well, it was one of them. Doral was uh, another one that's been under construction and, and, you know, just opening. And Turnberry, I'm actually, uh, I bought it about a year ago. And it's uh, a thousand acres on the ocean, and it's incredible, actually incredible. And you understand it's it's where they've had the Open Championship, the biggest golf tournament of them all. They've had that four times, and uh, they'll have it again. It's it's a spectacular piece of land with a beautiful hotel, and we'll start renovation of the hotel uh, in the not too distant future. And very shortly, it'll be. I mean, the bones of that building are among the best I've ever seen, and it'll be one of the great hotels of the world. So do you buy things that are in trouble? I do, a lot. And, you know, that's part of the magic is uh, you buy things that are in trouble, but things that have a lot of potential. A lot of times you buy they're in trouble because of markets. A lot of times they're in trouble because the people didn't know what they were doing that started them. But I'll buy things that are in trouble that, I mean, I've always liked that. That's how you make your best deals. You buy things that whether it's a market or location or, or something, you, you need the right location. I, I've always said the location is so important to the success of, of different things, not only you know buildings. You, you keep hearing that very boring phrase, location, location, location. But I buy things, and, and you know if you can get the right area, the right location, and mm. you know what you're doing, and it's something with great potential, that's I love to buy. So a lot of times, and especially over the last four or five years, I put a lot of things that were in serious trouble, and now they're big winners. Well, I'm very conscious of the time. So just two questions. What does the future hold for, for you? What, what can we expect from you in 2015? Well, the company's become really terrific and, and very big and very glamorous because, you know, you mentioned Turnberry and you mentioned Doral and we're doing the old post office on Pennsylvania Avenue into a super luxury Trump International Hotel. And, you know, it's a, it's a very successful company and a glamorous company. And we'll see what happens with the politics because, you know, a lot of people want me to run for a certain office and <laughs> we'll see what happens. We're going to watch that very closely. I'd love to have you back on the show and talk about that when well, you're you ready. will. You will indeed. I'm sure you will. And last one. What's the one thing that people don't know about you? Well, one thing is my real hair. And the other thing is that I think I'm a much nicer person. You know, I really believe I'm a much nicer person than some people think. I love helping other people. Well, I met you in the elevator, and I gave you the 10-second pitch, and I thought you were, you were great. You were very yeah. humble. You even shook my hand, and I know you don't normally shake hands. Well, I'll do that. and, and uh, you know, I'm very honored. Well, a lot of people say that you refuse. I don't, you know, it's a modern day. It is actually. A lot of people agree, though. It's not the greatest thing to do in terms of health, but we do it because you have to do it. And uh, But, you know, I, I think those couple of things, it certainly uh, I try and be nice to people, and I love to help people. Well, you come across as a no-nonsense guy, but I think deep inside you're quite a softy at heart. Well, that's very nice. I actually, uh, in, a, in one way, I like that. I'm not sure I like it in certain ways, but I, I do like that. I am a little bit uh, easier than people think. Donald, it's been an honor to have you on the show. I'd love you to return and share more of your insight into tomorrow's world for us. Thank you. Sir. Well, I really enjoyed it, and thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. That was a great American icon, Mr. Donald Trump. For more fascinating stories, log on to foxnewsradio.com and click onto the Vip Jazzle Report and keep your ears open for the next airing of the Vip Jazzle Report coming soon.